Hello. Oh, you're finally here. Hey, I made it. Now you decide <laughs> to join me. Eh? <laughs> hey, Brody, how you doing? Not bad. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Okay, let me do the quickie intro here. Episode 64, we got special guest Brody Kenai is in the house. And we, you are with NWO Outdoors. And let's roll the sound. There we go. How's everybody doing tonight? Not bad. How about you guys? Wonderful. It's cold. <laughs> it is cold. Yeah, it's cold. No. Yeah. Supposedly in uh, Pickle Lake, it snowed. Yeah. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah, like 10 centimeters. <laughs> uh, I'm not super oh, wow. surprised. I've spent some time up there, and it's always been a pretty chilly area. Yeah. Yeah. How far Oxford away is that from Santa Bay? Like I believe it's about four or five hours total drive from here. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I did some work Good. up there for forestry stuff a long a couple of years ago. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. how far it is, but it's a bit of a drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we probably won't get snow. I hope not. I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Do fish like snow? Uh, you know, I don't think they're too. Uh, thing with fish and snow is once it hits the water, it's not snow anymore. So I don't even know if they they know snow exists. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, I think rain is a bigger issue. Um, tends to warm the water up. Snow might cool it down a bit, but I don't think it's making any drastic changes that'll mm. make or break they, your fishing trip. Do they really <laughs> have really good eyes? Like, do they see colors and everything? Uh, well, every fish is different. Um, some feed a lot based off scent. Some, uh, like pike and walleye, feed more on sight. Um, yeah. That's why the walleye's got such a big eye. Um, pike as well okay. are big sight feeders as well like i said though every fish does differ um, some can't see very well at all some see better in the dark some see better during the day right right yeah okay so it's not like dogs no no it's uh fish are yeah they're all the fish are very different compared to uh the dogs i think most dogs are probably gonna have pretty similar eyesight yeah but uh yeah fish they they've all adapted over the years right to to feed where they are, whether it's in a river system with low light or whether it's in a lake or they've all mm. adapted to have different kinds of different kinds of eyes. That's amazing. Yeah, I think they're yeah. more like aren't fish more like cats in the sense that they feed by a movement and stuff like that? Like they attack faster. Uh, yeah, a lot of the time what we think is feeding is just them acting out of aggression even. Uh, they may just oh, be really? trying to move your bait out of the way or move it away. But they don't have hands, so the only way to grab anything is to use their mouth. So a lot of the time we get fish just from the uh, inherent aggression they have. It's not even so much feeding. Oh, wow. Is that territory? Uh, it can be. Um, yeah, it's very common. Like in some areas where people fish bass, um, where they're allowed to fish bass close to a spawning season, if you fish near the bass's bed, which is basically its nest, uh, it'll be, it becomes extremely aggressive. And right. anything that goes near its nest that could pose a threat to its eggs becomes food, basically. Uh, they may just try to move it away, but um, sometimes they just inhale it. Oh, do, do, do bass actually stay around for the eggs? I thought most fish kind of just lay uh, them. Some, some fish will just lay their eggs and, yeah. in what they call a red, and uh, that happens more often in rivers. Um, the fish won't necessarily stay on the eggs after they do that. They'll lay their, they'll deposit their eggs in the river bottom and then they'll wait for a male who will usually be fairly close by to deposit mm. the milk. 
But in a lake, um, they'll actually make a bed. It, you can see it if you were to look down from a bird's eye perspective. And it'll just be a circle that they've dug out, a uh, depression in the bottom. They'll lay their eggs there. And then uh, a lot of the times, either the big female or even the, the male will guard that nest until the, the fry hatch. Well, okay. Yeah, kind of Because the salmon just dumps it, right? Exactly, yeah. Salmon, steelhead, they're just going to dump it. Um, they're not going to be sticking around for very long at all. Mm. It's actually really smart for the animal to stay and to protect it because it's such a good food source, right? Oh, absolutely. Everything loves fish eggs. Um, when you think, when you're talking about one of the most nutrient food sources out there for fish, it's definitely one of them is other fish eggs. I mean, you got to think they have all the building building blocks for life, right? So they've got everything that fish needs and they don't swim away. So it's uh, pretty easy pickings. Yeah, you can just stay there and gorge yourself on them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. So like in rivers, though, the current has a lot to do with it. The current will get those eggs the, lodged up in rocks. It'll be a lot harder. They aren't just going to sit on top of the, the gravel a lot of the time because the current's always going to be washing them down river. Right. Whereas in a lake, they, they'll just sit there. So they need that extra protection. Uh, okay. Yeah. So did you, if you were, like go out there, would you... Like caviar is a uh, food delicatess, deli right? It People is, eat yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. So would you be able to just take some as well? Uh, Do you ever try that or would you just leave it? No, I would leave it. Um, I'm not really one that when fish are spawning and they're actually on their beds or they're dropping their eggs, I don't really want to bother them too much, mm. mainly because I want to catch fish next year and the year after, right? right? So I tend to yeah. just let them do their thing. Um, some guys will fish for spawning fish, and, I mean, there's nothing illegal about it to each their own, right? So as long as everyone's following the regulations, then uh, it's fine by me. But personal preference, I tend to leave them alone. Yeah, no, I've never heard of that around here. But Well, and caviar is <laughs> typically uh, sturgeon, and we do have sturgeon gotcha. here, but it's a very protected oh, yeah. species. You're not even allowed to target them. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's yeah, sturgeon. Yeah. Sturgeon are very interesting fish. <laughs> very interesting fish. Old fish. A lot of very old fish. Okay. They get massive, like huge. Oh yeah. Scary like... huge. <laughs> <laughs> what does you that mean? Catch a little bit. Like they're super big, like a dolphin. Yeah. Yeah. Look one up. It's they're massive. I wouldn't say they probably get the maybe the length of a dolphin, but yeah. There's wow. been sturgeon recorded well over twenty feet. Yeah. Wow. They're, what? They're big. They're big and the fish. ones we have local to us, um, we have lots in the Cam River. I've seen them up to about five, six feet, and I believe they might have the potential to get a little bit bigger. Nah. Well, that's amazing. Yeah. You don't want it at all. <laughs> yeah, it'll be dragging Maybe. around your little boat. <laughs> Do they attack too? No, they're typically bottom feeders, so they're going to be just cruising along the bottom, picking up uh, okay. insects, small. Uh, minnows, dead fish, whatever they can. They're kind of a scavenger. Okay. Now the, we, we dived right into the fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta we do it. We didn't give much of a backstory for the audience. So you are you, you're running NWO Outdoors, right? That's correct, yep. So Brody, um, how did you end up doing this? Why did you do this? Uh, well, there's no big glamorous story behind it. Um, kind of what happened is about 
just over a year ago in March of 2019. Um, I did have an Instagram account at that point, but I wasn't ever really doing anything with it. It was more of just a personal account that I shared stuff with friends and family. But uh, yes. one day in particular, I put I posted a couple pictures I liked. I used the right hashtags, I guess, and uh, the pictures did really well. At that moment, I kind of seen that there was a potential for it. So I started investing a little bit more time into it. Um, it, it started doing really well. So I invested even more time and, uh, being so happy with the results, I just kept on going, um, over that time period, I met some amazing people, which only made it easier to keep doing it. Um, yeah, yeah. I find the fishing community, it's very community oriented. Uh, yeah. We're all doing it for the same reason, right? We're all out there for the same reason. We all love fish. So it was, uh, it was, I don't want to say easy. Maybe it seemed easy because I enjoyed doing it. I didn't enjoy it. It might not have been so easy because it's, it's a lot of time. And I think that's what people don't understand is it's not as simple as just throwing your picture up there and letting it succeed. You need to, like, there's not a business out there, right? That doesn't do some sort of advertising or engagement with the community. You got to get, you got to get people to know that you exist. Very true. So that was going well for quite a while. And then uh, I realized Instagram, it just didn't offer me enough room to write what I wanted to write. So that's where the NWO Outdoors website came in. Um, I created the website and that allowed me to have a a venue where I could write much longer form content. Um, That seemed to do as, do well as, as well. Um, it's so beautiful. Just, yeah, we've just been kind of going, going with it. Honestly, like sometimes it's uh, I'm not sure what's happening. I'm just along for the ride. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's been fun. Uh, like I said, I've met a lot of great people. Some some people are so supportive, and uh, I don't see anything changing. So we're just going to keep going with it and see uh, where it goes, how it ends up. Nice. Who does who does your pictures? Uh, I do. You do all the pictures? Wow, very nice. Yeah, there's now uh, there are a couple photographs on my Instagram or on my website that I'm in. Um, yeah. Like from a distance, if I'm fly fishing on a river that my brother did take, we did go out one day. It and he is took your out brother, eh? A bunch of amazing <laughs> shots for me. So I do post those up every once in a while. But uh, 99% of what you see on my Instagram or my website has come from me and my cell phone. Oh wow, that's amazing! Yeah, I I would have not thought. Yeah, that. I get it's asked like... quite often, you know, what kind of camera do you use? And I mm. tell them it's a cell phone, and they're a little surprised. Yeah, what kind of cell phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what kind of cell phone? <laughs> no, I love it. And uh, this I, is your yeah, I recommend brand, uh, right? the, the Huawei phone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the my Huawei. brother. Yeah, because uh, Brandy, for anybody who doesn't know, he was on the show as well. And he's with Encompass uh, Photography, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's amazing. And I didn't know that. And then you told me Brody. And then I was like, what? That makes sense. So yeah. your your parents must like the uh, the B for names, right? Uh, apparently, yeah. Brody. Seems to be. <laughs> that's yeah. good. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm happy with now, it. You, you went out and went fishing when it was this cold weather. There's this tropical storm that um, 
came around from up from Florida, right? Yeah, we were out like yesterday. Two days ago? Yesterday afternoon. I, was it no, yesterday? it was yesterday. I lost yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm losing track of time. <laughs> it's okay. It happens and, to us And um, it was really rainy, right? Yeah, uh, it was really rainy. It wasn't super uh, heavy rain when we left town. And it didn't, the rain wasn't even super heavy on our way out there. But when we got to the lake, the way the wind was blowing and where we were uh, mm-hmm. positioned on the lake, uh, it was really coming in towards us. Like there was some big waves. The rain held off for the most part, but it was uh, just the wind alone was, it was almost knocking us over. It knocked my son over a couple of times. And wow. Yeah, it was strong, but with the wind came the fish. So I'll take the wind any day as long as it brings some fish along with it. Why is that? Uh, well, um, typically this spot in particular is a, is a bass location. Uh, it's a river mouth flowing into a large lake, um, but it's near the, like a skinny end on the, uh, how would I put this, the eastern end of the lake so the wind was basically building up across the lake and it was funneling the water into this narrow river mouth and uh normally the walleye will be out in some deeper water but when that wind kicks up what it'll do is it'll blow a lot of the surface water into the shore and the surface water is always going to be warmer than the water below it, I guess, I don't know, the deeper water. Yeah, it makes sense. It's yeah. like a wall, right? Yeah, exactly. So as that warm water gets built up in that bay because it's constantly being pushed into the shore, other things come along with it, such as bait fish. Um, the bait, the high winds can also um, disorient bait fish. So they'll mm-hmm. get all turned up and, and create uh, an easy target for fish, basically. So the fish will follow this bait. They'll follow the warm water close, tight to shore. It's not common to catch walleye in two, three feet of water on a hot, sunny day. But when you get overcast and uh, some waves, what it does is it also breaks up that sunlight. Yeah. Walleye feed well in low light conditions. And if it's too mm-hmm. sunny, they won't really feed too much because they like to have that the darker conditions. So with the waves the overcast it just created the perfect storm for them and uh and i've never had walleye fishing like that offshore in my life before it was non-stop wow so you were on a boat no we were we were just offshore um offshore yeah, it's a very, like on a dock uh, or on the beach yeah it was uh yeah. on a uh, dog lake which is a local lake around here uh yeah it's a big lake too it is a big lake so it can kick up pretty good get some big waves on it yeah and, uh, yeah, we were just fishing offshore. Um, when I've caught the first one, I was a little surprised. When I caught the second one, I was even more surprised. But <laughs> it just kept going and kept going, and I was kind of just in awe. But, uh, no, it was a really good day. Like I said, it was just the perfect storm. Everything came together, um, and it created a situation that we may not see repeated for a couple more years, or it might happen next month, depending. But, it's definitely not common. So we were at the right place at the right time. And uh, did you an- did you anticipate this, or you just well, it was to be honest with you, no, because it was from home. It was hard to get a good gauge of what the wind was going to be like once I got out yeah, there. Never... Once we got out there, we were actually cursing the wind for the first fifteen minutes. Uh, <laughs> saying, we hate this. This is no fun. 
But then once we started getting the fish, our tune changed pretty quick. I'll put up with a lot yeah. for fish. So it was all worth it. But no, we didn't anticipate it. It was, uh, we just struck gold. It was like winning the lottery out there. It's really miserable when you get weather like that and you don't get any fish. Yeah, that would have been a different story. We were, for the first about 15 yeah. minutes, we didn't get anyone. We were getting pretty discouraged, but I'm not one to quit. Yeah. So I was going to make my son push through it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, I mean, there are also stories that you tell later on in life, right? It's like, remember that time it was so miserable, but we then we got all that fish. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Some of the best stories involve suffering. So, Well, well like <laughs> me and my dad, we, we planned a day trip. I can't even remember what lake it was. We'd go out there. On the way there, it took like two hours to get to this lake. Sunny, hot, really humid and gross. We get to the lake, clouds, black clouds rolling in. We get onto the lake, it just starts pouring and pouring and pouring. And we're out there on the lake for about two hours, no fish. And then we dock on this one portion of the lake with a bunch of rocks and we just sit in the forest, like <laughs> contemplating life. Like, why are we out here? Yeah, what's wrong with us? We get back. What is wrong with us? Yeah, where are the fish? Uh, you know what? I've asked myself boat. that question many, 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 many times. Yeah. And I think a lot of fishermen do. Well, we get back in the boat fish for another hour and my dad calls it so we get off on the shore the sun comes out the clouds part we're just looking up at the sky and we're drenched head to toe we're like you know what we're done we're going home <laughs> yeah that happens uh more often than it doesn't once you get off the lake it clears yeah. up or you, you you fish all day in the boat you catch nothing and then when you get back to shore and you put the boat on the trailer you start catching fish right off the offshore at the boat yeah <laughs> Which I've had yeah. happen a few times as well. You just mess around on the dock. And... Yeah, the boat's nice, but you don't always need it. Exactly. Yeah. Is that the definition of fly fishing? Or what is the definition? Uh, well, like when you were... The idea of fly, fly fishing, fishing is in the water? Pardon? Fly fishing is if you are in the water with the, your boots and stuff? Uh, no. So fly fishing could be explained in, in a way where when... With con conventional fishing, you're using the weight of your lure to pull your line when you cast, right? Okay. So, but with fly fishing, you're using the weight of the line to pull your lure or your fly. Interesting. Oh, if you've, uh, if anyone's seen a fly rod or a fly fishing line, you'll notice it's very thick. It's actually uh, like a PVC plastic, typically uh, wrapped around like a braided core. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that weight is that line is actually the weight. So you're using the, the lines momentum to carry out your offering. Um, and that's really the only thing that separates fly fishing from conventional fishing, I would say would be the method in which you cast. Okay. Now you're still limited. You're not going to be able to use a big heavy spoon uh, that you may use in conventional fishing on a fly rod. And um, other than that, I mean, I'm sure there are a lot more differences we could touch on as to what kind of fly, what kind of lures or flies or offerings you're using. But for the most part, it's the delivery method. That's what separates the two. Mm -hmm. And I, I looked, looked at your webpage and I read into your blog and I really like the reading there. It's really nice that you do a really get good job on that. I have to say, and um, there was one where you elaborated a little bit on the flying fishing. Sure. And you said that's really something you are like totally hooked on. Right? Yes. 
Now, how, how well, um, like I grew up, I was always a bass guy growing up for the most part. I grew up, I had a camp on a bass lake. So that's what I fished for, right? We had bass and pike. And I, like I said in that article there, I, I've always, or at the time, dreamed about having a bass boat one day, being a professional bass angler. But when I started fishing rivers more, I just found that fly fishing was, a for me, a, seemed like a better fit. Mainly, I feel like you're more connected to the fish. Um, I feel like it's just a, more of an intimate experience. Um, it takes more time to learn. I mean, you can't just pick up a fly rod and and do it right away. I mean, you could be casting just fine within an hour, but it does take some practice. And I think it's more so where fly fishing brings me. Like, I mean, I could go to these places with any rod and probably have a good day, but I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. You, you feel the connection best for that. Yeah. And even when you're fighting a fish, you feel like your success is more dependent on what you do. Um, okay. Fighting a fish on a fly reel is a lot different because you, you rely a lot less on your drag. So it's more rod control, line control. Uh, and with fly fishing too, a lot of the times you just need to get closer to the fish to catch them. Mm. You can't cast a fly line out 200 feet. It's just not going to happen. Whereas with conventional gear, you can bomb it out there pretty far if you wanted to. Yeah. And wow. another reason I like it too is because when I got a fly rod, I, I took up fly tying. So that was another thing that I fell in love with. I was able to sit down at my vice in the evening for five, six, seven hours sometimes and tie flies. So to, to take a fly rod out into a beautiful river and catch a fish on a fly that you tied, there's just something special about that. Uh, you're more involved. Um, you're a part of the process. You're not just a part of the end result. I get that. Yeah. So, I mean, I still use both. I, I do use my conventional fishing gear quite a bit, but I definitely do fly fish more than anything else. Mm. that's awesome i really like that explanation yeah and there's some things you just can't do with a normal rod that you have to have a fly rod for like if you want to fish a fly on top on the surface for rising brook trout you're not going to be able to do that with a normal rod because there's no way to cast out a fly that weighs nothing without a fly rod yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, you need that extra weight from the... Yeah, exactly. Line. So the fly line just allows us to deliver much lighter offerings that you wouldn't be able to do with a conventional rod. Interesting. Yeah, it's really not even about flies. Like, I mean, the majority of things we fish don't even look like a fly. They look like a minnow or they look like a bug. We do fish flies that look like flies, but uh, it's not really... It's a very loose word we use, fly fishing. Yeah. yeah, I always thought I always thought because it's called fly fishing, you're trying to catch the fish when the fly is going through the air, not not like super high or something like that, but some something. I had all kinds similar. of crazy misconceptions before I picked it up, um, but yeah, like I used to think that um, <laughs> the idea was to just touch the fly on the water really really quick and then pull it off to make it look like a, a fly that keeps landing. But no, um, the you. idea is you want the fly on the water or under the water, depending mm -hmm. on what kind of fly you're fishing. Um, but uh, casting is so important, though. 
Um, your casting has four or five components that all have to come together. And if one fails, the rest fail. Your timing, yeah, you. um, your line tension, everything has to be perfect or else none of it is. So it, it's more, you need to be more patient. You have to be willing to take your time. Well, that's why they call it fishing. Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> fishing, <not fishing. laughs> yeah, but there's flying fish too, right? There are, but yeah, we don't got yeah, those fish. around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I don't think you catch them like that. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah but this is like the, I, I'm not a fisherman, okay? So the only time I went on the, I went on surprise. Okay, lake, yeah. And, uh, and the, we, I bought some rods at Canadian Tire, and we tried, and it didn't work. So I think we got a couple of nipples, but we, nobody, we didn't get anything. So if you tell me you're fly fishing, I'm thinking, wow, you're somewhere in the ocean, you catch those flying fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to make it a point to get yeah, any no, guys like out said. there. Yeah, yeah you just—it's called fishing. It's not called winning or whatever. I can't remember it, but yeah, it's like this is fishing. You just sit here and patiently wait. Luckily. After you invest many, 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 many years, you do usually catch fish. It is very rare for me to go out now and not catch fish, but I mean, it does happen, but it's maybe for days I catch versus days I don't, maybe 10 to one, maybe more. Mm. Oh, nice. But I mean, that just comes with experience, right? I mean, yeah. They say 90% yeah. of the fish are in 10% of the water. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they all like huddle together too. They're not like the loners out there. They're kind of like congregating. Yeah, in different times of the year, you'll see fish having, they'll have different movement patterns where they will be bulked right up together. You might find 100 fish together. Yeah. Later on in the season, they may wow. be out more in the main lake by themselves, kind of just cruising along in, along in suspended water. That's kind of why I like it is it's constantly changing. The minute you figure it out, it's changed. So you need to figure it out again. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I what I love is like other people's hints and tips and tricks, and they all seem to contradict each other. Oh, and it's just like, well, never what is it? what's the thing? Like, <laughs> never end. Like if I say I'm going to write an article about uh, spring bass fishing, if I looked at ten other bass articles about spring bass fishing, they're all going to say something different. <laughs> yeah. The best way to learn the tips and tricks is through experience, mistakes. Yeah, um, exactly. What you find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And over time you just you learn what to look for, you learn what to avoid, what's worth spending time on, what's not worth spending time on. Uh yeah, and then of course you can um how would I put this? You can uh follow the patterns that you may have noticed last year and you can try to um implement them again this year. They may not always match up or may not always work, but it gives you a kind of a baseboard to jump off. It's hard going into it if you're new to fishing because there's so much information. It's so overwhelming. Yeah. It's, I, I imagine, well, even I, the, I understand the... why a lot of people get turned away from it. But uh, I think people are overthinking it. And it's not necessarily yeah. just their fault. I mean, all the information out there makes it hard to know what to trust. So, well, yeah, it's, it's kind of like just that, that phrase, right? Just do it. Like, just yeah. try something. Best thing just to go. do is go with somebody who doesn't just tell you the tips and tricks, but they can show you how they work. 
Because I mean, there's no better way to experience, to learn through hands-on experience. And if you have someone there with you that can tell you why they're doing what they're doing, why it might be working right now, then you can walk away with some confidence, yeah, right? Knowledge. It may, like other fishermen yeah. may disagree, but there's 10 different ways to catch the same fish. It's not that they're wrong. It's just that for a new fisherman, they don't know that some of these people aren't wrong. Yeah. They're all right in a sense, but... It's just kind of uh, how do you want to catch fish? Way. A lot of the times, that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, even if you really want to be confused, you just walk down Canadian Tire and look in the fishing row, and it's like, what is it? Like four rows of just sh- well, fishing equipment. It's like, what do I need? What is all this stuff for? What does this do? Why does this? Even like something good? as simple as buying fishing line. If you, yes. yeah, yes. what do I need? Even something that simple has been. <laughs> made so complicated and it really 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 shouldn't be 90 percent of the products they sell out there whether it's a fishing line a fishing rod or a fishing reel if it's a reputable brand you're getting a good product there's always going to be haters out there just like how one guy hates ford another guy hates dodge but right if they all didn't make good trucks they wouldn't still be making trucks so, exactly. yeah, <laughs> it's a just one. a matter of, of trying to get through all, all the fog and, and realizing that as long as you have a rod that's going to cast a lure out there, you can catch fish. Everything after that is preference. Yeah. And in Ontario, you do Oh, absolutely, license, yes. Right? Yeah. So, and where could you get this in? Yeah, you can get your license DNR. at DNR. Um, I'm not sure if they're doing it at the moment due yeah. to uh, the current circumstances, yeah. but they do, yes. That is a service they offer. Another way, really quick, just do it online through the uh, okay. industry website, okay. and they'll give you a printout, or you can screenshot it right off the bat, um, and then you're good to go. But yeah, make sure that you, yeah, also, you can get like a... You can get like a yeah, conserve. you can get a sport or a conservation. So a conservation just cuts your limit in half that you can keep. Okay. Can you elaborate on sure, that? Sure. Like, uh, let's say, for instance, um, with a sport fishing license, you're allowed to keep four walleye. That's your basic limit, um, mm-hmm. your general limit. There are exceptions on certain water bodies in Ontario, but four is your general limit. If you go for a conservation license, you'll get to keep two. So it's for someone okay. who maybe maybe they aren't, uh, they're more of a catch and release fisherman, want to save a few bucks. They don't worry about keeping fish to take home to eat. They might go for a conservation. Mm-hmm. So you obviously are fishing yes, a lot, yes, right? Quite a bit. And then what do you do? You eat no, all the fish? Then? I'd say I release ninety nine percent of my fish. Easy. Um, okay. I fish for trout a lot. Like I'd say ninety percent. And over the years, mm-hmm. I'm finding it harder and harder to take a trout out of a river. I, they're just such pretty fish. And again, I want to catch them again next year. And, and I, catch and release does work. If you handle the fish properly and you let them go, you can catch that fish again. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I love eating fish. In fact, yesterday when we went, we did keep our limit. Or I kept my limit. Um, I'll do yeah. it every once in a while, usually with walleye or perch. But when it comes to trout, they pretty, I let them stay in the rivers. Uh, if I catch one out in Lake Superior, I might keep it for my mother, but that's about it. 
That's awesome. And it's, like that. when you catch a fish, if you're at the beginning of the day, you don't want to carry the fish around all day. <laughs> so I just Very true. Go. <laughs> yeah. And there's not just only fish in there, right? You uh, you have some amazing pictures of little water Yeah, bugs. so we've got quite a variety of little aquatic insects around us here. Most notably um, are your stoneflies, your mayfly nymphs, uh, dragonflies pretty much anything that has wings eventually started off as a bug probably underwater yeah okay yeah, it pretty much just looks like yeah. uh, right out of the yeah um, well, <laughs> the stoneflies there's one type of stonefly the salmon fly can get up to two to three inches long and that's the largest stonefly variety we have in north america and when you see when you flip a rock and you see one of those even me i'm still a little shocked by how big they can be and then when you tell people that these are in the rivers yeah. they swim in they start to get <laughs> a little hesitant but they're all harmless i mean they're there to do their thing they're there not there to to ruin your day or anything like that but trout love them so if you find a river with yeah. a lot of those bugs yeah. you know it's a healthy river they need good clean okay. flowing water so finding lots of them is a good sign it's a good indicator of good health. Well, just don't show anyone any pictures of yeah, the lamprey. lamprey I don't like. There's <laughs> no room for lamprey. <laughs> so just to touch base on this, the dragonflies, they they come back every year, right? So when they lay the eggs in the water and then the, in the spring, uh, how does it, do you know how that works? I'd like because to I say I'm an expert curious. on it, but I'm not. Um, okay. How it it's usually a fairly quick process, but um, I believe that most eggs are laid in the fall. Yeah, kind of like mosquitoes, yeah. Uh, okay. You know what? I don't even know if that's right. I, if I say something, I'm yeah, probably going to be wrong. It it's all good. But I'm learning as I go. We just started really getting into the bugs this spring, me and my son. He finds mm -hmm. 40 of them when I'm fishing. Yeah, really nice pictures. So we're learning as we go. Ah, but, okay. Yes. Yeah, Logan, you said with the mosquitoes, some are surviving somewhere and then they lay the first eggs. Yeah. The spring, right? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when. I know how some of them work. Like mayflies, their process is pretty quick. You'll have your mayfly larva hatch. Um, it'll swim to the surface. It'll put out its wings. It'll fly into a tree. And then once it's ready to lay its eggs again, it'll lie, go back down on the surface of the water, deposit its eggs, and then die. So from birth okay. to laying its eggs may only be about 24 hours. And then I wow. see, I'm not sure then if those eggs stay in that river until the next spring to restart the cycle. I'm, I think that's how it goes though. But, uh, yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> yeah, we may, we will look it up. We have sometimes we have things we don't know either, and then we yeah, say, well, we, we will see, you know, what the next episode <laughs> look like an idiot. So. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the other things you do, you do, you, you like to go camping now, too, right? You seem to uh, expand your trips and like a week long in the uh, yeah, those are all solo trips predominantly in the spring and fall. I go for steelhead and then I go again for salmon. So those are awesome. I've been doing those now for quite a few years, and uh, they're the highlights of my year for sure. 
Is it because of the uh, connections in nature? A big part of it is just or jumping the... in my truck and not having, I could take my watch off and not look at it for a week. I don't know where I'm going. Okay. I don't know what town I'm going to be driving through. I don't know what rivers I'm going to be fishing. I just go. And my plans change constantly. Uh, I wake up, I decide what river to fish. I might go fishing for a couple hours. If the fishing's good, I might be there all day. If it's not, I might be going to another river. If I'm hungry, I eat. If I'm tired, I sleep. But uh, it does, it takes a few yeah. days in the, in the wilderness or in nature before you really get in your groove. I don't think you could do it in a weekend. You're setting up all, everything. Mm. You're, you're just, it's like uh, the more time you spend in nature, the closer you get with it. So by the third or fourth day, you're in your groove. You feel comfortable. Some, a lot of people have a little bit of anxiety about, you know, walking into the wilderness by themselves. And even I had that in the beginning, but it's just, uh, you do it more, you push yourself further. And eventually you just, you don't want to leave. Even now, after a week of doing it, I have a hard time hopping my truck to come home. Yeah, I believe that. And I also see the point of the surviving, right? This is like the instinct of uh, that people are feeling. Yeah, that and I, I try to keep pack light. You know, I'll spend a couple nights on the river, either sleeping in my hammock or in a tent, or sometimes just under a tarp. But uh, I, I avoid mm -hmm. motel rooms for the most part. Sometimes if it rains for five days, I might get one for a night to dry my stuff. But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, yeah, it's basically just me in the river. Sometimes I go a week without seeing more than a couple people so you feel like you have a different perspective oh, absolutely when you come back after that it's week? a very humbling experience you know you think you matter i mean everyone matters right but once you get out there in the grand scheme of things you realize how small you are and uh yeah and then you realize that you're at mother Na the whim of mother nature i mean you could squash you at any moment if you have a good week it's because she mm -hmm. she let you have a good week <laughs> it's true and that's what i like it's yeah, a dynamic experience right it's constantly changing you're constantly dealing with weather um, constantly solving problems uh, you're constantly anticipating that next fish you know what's around that next river bend how am i going to avoid that bear 100 feet up river you know just you're constantly having to adjust and, yeah. and i like that <laughs> i am not a planner i yeah. don't like plans Okay. Yeah, especially. Yeah, and when I go, I typically go solo too because you know? a lot of people I know are planners. And once you involve another person, you've got somebody that you have to agree with. If I eliminate those other people, mm -hmm. I go where I want. Yeah, it's almost like a reset, right? You come back and you just Absolutely. have time for yourself. Absolutely. If, if I don't go fishing for a week or two, people around me can tell. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not something I should be proud of, but they can tell. No, that's like your Absolutely. I've always said, you know, like uh, the river is where I'll go to mourn. The river is where I'll go to celebrate. The river is my church. It's my happy place. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see yep. some ice fishing too. Um, do, you, do you like when if now let's let's put you on the spot here <laughs> if we, one type of fishing is your favorite what would it be uh, like in the winter in the spring it in would the be fall, the fall in the summer 
in the fall? I love okay. the season. Why? I love the cool mornings. I love the smell of it. I love Halloween. I love the. I don't like. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird, but when I go out on my trip, I love the rain. The colors, just yeah, oh, yeah, and the fish too. I mean, with fall, we have salmon, we have steelhead. Um, you get your white fish, your herring. So the fishing's awesome. Um, and my the fall, like I said, I'm not. I don't like the heat. I'm not a summer guy. Like I'm not a huge fan of July and August. So I I like a nice, cool day. So that's why the fall is right up my alley. And you see less people. The spring. Everyone wants to get out there, right? They've been cooped up all winter. <laughs> rivers are busy. In the fall, yeah. everyone's out hunting. So I get the rivers to myself. Uh, and plus all, it's like this magic of time where you, you appreciate uh, life a little bit. And at least from my perspective, like summer's ending, there's fall, and you're kind of thankful, and then boom, it's winter. Uh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. It, it's a good time to uh, look back on the year, you know, that you just spent fishing, whether it was from spring, summer. It's a good time to reflect, for sure. I agree. So, are you do would you teach somebody then how to fish as well? Is that something you do with your um, company? Um, well, I've offered it, not in any kind of formal way. Um, People have expressed interest, and I have taken people out fishing, and it, it's something I would definitely do. I No, I've never done it for any kind of monetary gain or anything like that, mm-hmm. maybe down the road. But um, right now, I'm focusing more on just kind of the writing, building the community side of things. It's a lot of work taking people out on the river because every it's hard to please everybody. Yeah. And as it stands right now, I kind of like that river time to be for me. Mm-hmm. I know that may sound uh, greedy, but um, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. It can it only it can be a phase, right? You well, right now you're doing this, and then if something changes in the future, you do that. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm always I've got lots of big plans that you know down the road, um, whether it be coming out with some flies that i've tied myself or maybe looking into some sort of guiding Mm -hmm. but uh as it stands right now i kind of just don't want to turn the fishing side of it into a job yeah i want to yeah we'll take it slow and we'll see um how it goes but right now i'm kind of comfortable with the way things are now there are times where i try to create um like organized a little get together. Um, we did one in the winter there, me and a bunch of people went ice fishing that I met for the first time nice. uh, through Instagram. And we had about 15 people out there. And I hope to do that again next winter as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some other ideas involved that involve getting the community more, uh, building up the community, I guess you could say. Fishing is very secretive, almost secretive. And I'm kind of yeah. trying to tear down that wall a little bit. Now, that's not to say that people can't have their favorite spots, that, you know, their secret spots. But when someone on the internet asks where to go fishing and they're met with crickets, I don't like that. I think mm-hmm. we should be helping people get out there. 
Bay, we're so lucky. We've got so many amazing fishing spots right in town or within a 15-minute drive. There's no reason why anybody should be keeping the spot mm-hmm. secret. We should be getting as many people out there as we can. Yeah, I agree. That's, a, that's pretty much like Thunder Bay spirit too, right? Small businesses are helping each other, small businesses. Like if yeah, we have it's that way. Yes, it is. And it, if we have somebody who asks us, how do you do the audio? We can we tell them, hey, this is how we do it. And we like to help. It's, I get, totally get what you mean. Yep, for sure. We can achieve a lot more if we work together. That's a very wise saying. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, Logan, this is the questions I had. I don't know if you had anything else. Um, well, uh, like during my fishing years, um, it was always talked about like which fish you would like to catch more. Like, what do you, what do you think? What's your thoughts on those? Like, what is your, f- well, well, I, I guess mean, you've already answered that trout. Eh? With trout. Um, <laughs> My top two fish to catch would probably have to be steelhead, the rainbow trout. The only reason it's called a steelhead is because it leaves the big lake and spawns in rivers. Now, a true steelhead, what steelhead really means is an an ocean fish, so it lives in salt water, and it migrates up freshwater streams to spawn. That's a true steelhead. Now, even though our fish are coming out of Lake Superior, which is also freshwater, we still call them steelhead because Lake Superior is so big um, that there's mm-hmm. no real big difference between the two aside from the salt versus fresh. They've just kind of adopted that name over the years. So it would be steelhead or I coho salmon in the fall. Yeah, salmon would be a steelhead then, right? Oh, cool. Um, well, no, steelhead, it would be specific to a, a rainbow trout that lives in salt water and migrates into fresh water. Oh. Salmon, they're, they're all salmonids, which is the family they come from. Yeah, that was a tough one to just say. Tongue, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you could just think of, it, think of a steelhead as just a rainbow trout that lives in Lake Superior and then comes into the rivers to spawn. That's mm. what makes that a steelhead. And then coho salmon, which is... Uh, we have three salmon here. We have pink salmon, coho salmon, and then Chinook salmon. Pink salmon are the smallest. King uh, Chinook salmon or king salmon are the largest. And then cohos are right in the middle. But I think they fight the hardest. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like them. And they tend to stay yeah. silver a lot longer. So I like that too. But yeah, I've always been a trout or a salmon guy, river guy. Uh, I like fishing for bass and stuff in lakes, but that's usually reserved for summertime. Prime time, I'm on a river. For sure. Very nice. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for Logan to see if he has another question. No, that's, that's all I got. That's all I got. I could go on for forever okay. just talking fishing stories. All right, if we it. switch this around then, Brody, if you're okay with that? Yeah, man. By all means. All right, I, I would love to dive into the sayings. I gave Brody a little bit of a heads up, but I think Logan, you should start today. Okay. Uh-oh. I actually had to change mine okay. <laughs> due to what's going on. And I'll get into it later because I didn't realize uh, how bad okay. it was. <laughs> you know what? Sure. I'll just do it. Um, I, I had no idea how bad this was. And 
it's are you familiar yes. with the term a rule of thumb i've heard it before yeah okay so it's so a rule of thumb is just um how it's explained is basically like a generic saying like uh this is a rule of thumb about cats or a rule of thumb about doing math something right it's like true. this generic saying well i tried looking at a yeah it's just a general thing and i tried looking it up and it was all about the origins of it and it what it basically came down to was about a bunch of of stories about how a rule of thumb was an old british saying about how the, the oh, no stick larger than in your which thumb. you would yes. Yeah. Yeah. the stick in which you would beat your wife could no longer right. it couldn't be bigger than your thumb that's a dark saying I was like, what well, again, that that actually turned out. Oh, really? Completely false, apparently. As well, yeah, yeah. It turned out it was not true. Well, it 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 came about. It did, but it, it turned out it was just falsified. It was like uh, someone okay. put someone else's words in their mouth, and that's how it came to be. But I don't know where when it made the transition from this dark saying to hey, yeah, rule yeah. of thumb about math is this like. It could be that it. So, I, I think it could be just because the translation got lost, probably. Um, well, again, like it, it's actually a very interesting story because again, it came out as like, oh, he said this, and it turned out, no, I didn't say that at all, and he was actually like quite famous of a person. So they made all these cartoon strips about him, saying, you know, don't beat your wife without this proper stick and use your thumb as a guideline. It's like, whoa, <laughs> like whoa, so. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's a very weird saying. But well, my parents still, my, so on, on that subject, I mean, like my parents still got beaten in school, right? Yeah, for sure. And my grandfather had stories about uh, the teacher like fighting with the older boys, like oh, wow. fisticuffs. What? What? <laughs> Yeah, like <laughs> come a long way. Yeah, so they had to That's keep the, the order different in times. school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a different time. Yeah, they had the what is it, the meter stick or the ruler, and then they had a, a riding crop. I think was also used. Mm. Like weird stuff. Okay, that was a pretty pretty dark saying there, Logan. Well, that's why I kind of hesitant on it, but it was interesting too, right? It was like, oh, this completely harmless thing has this yeah. really weird origin. I get it. Okay, who wants to go? Did you have anything else, or do you want me to go ahead? Okay. Go um, I have one. I had one. Where is it? Uh, let's just say this one here. Uh, nun sitzen wir hier in der Tinte. Now we sit here in the ink. Which pretty much means, guess anybody? Uh, is it like you yeah, said it like now? In stone? It's, it's a good thought. It says we we are in trouble. If you, if you were sitting in the ink, that's it. That's it's an agenda. <laughs> that means now now I'm in trouble. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like now this I'm one too. I have one more. Nun ist der Ofen aus. Now the oven is out. What? Yeah, I'm a... <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So now the oven is this out. This is game over. Nothing out else of to what? expect. <laughs> oh. You can this one is pretty good because you can like relate to that too, like go back a couple of hundred years. Oh, oh yeah, like the oven is out yeah. of fire or something, right? Like the Yeah, yeah, I see that mm. aspect of okay. it, yeah. That's the ones I had sure. this week. Yep. Brody. That's it. <laughs> hmm. Trying to think here. Mm -hmm. That's all good. Uh, we are excited. <laughs> yes. Where is it? Just trying to think of one that I might know the history behind that we still commonly use. Yes. Uh, or some that might even be fishing related sure. here. Uh, like I was saying uh, last night when we spoke, the, the early bird gets the worm. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that one. No way. Mm. Yeah. So it's just whoever you know, know gets up early, gets out there, gets the fish. So it's a pretty common phrase in fishing. Uh, I've heard my grandpa say it to me. My dad say it to me, waking me up yeah. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, sometimes quite early. Eh? You went at like 3 a.m. Yeah, well, surprisingly, though, I only beat the next guy by about 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch a show. I used to watch a show where that, that was the running gag of the episode. It was like... Nope, we can't go on that lake because there's someone over there. We'll try again tomorrow. And <laughs> every day they got up an hour earlier, and the guy was there. And every every morning was the same thing. And then one time, it was like midnight, and they were so anxious to get into the, the lake, they just drove the car into the lake. And they're like, "Yeah, we're fishing." Yeah, I feel like I kind of created a monster because after I made some posts about going so early, the next day there were a lot more people yeah. there earlier than me. I agree with you. Yeah, don't let <laughs> yeah. me know what time you Your go to the river. Yeah. <laughs> it's also yeah, good yeah. though. Like this means people engaging with what you create and they trust you, right? That you have that knowledge. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, and I'm a pretty engaging guy too. I mean, I'll talk to anybody about anything um, when it comes to fishing. I mean, I've never left a message unanswered or a comment ignored. Um, so I think I people see. know that if they do message me, I will get back to them for sure. And I'll give them as much information as I can. Sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's not much. But mm -hmm. yeah, I try to do my best. I respect that. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you have anything else for sayings? Uh, well, I'm just trying to think of one. Like I, I've thought of, I've got a bunch of sayings here. I'm just not sure. Um, like beat around the bush. Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah yeah i think mm -hmm. i think we've had that one actually it's it's like yeah you're, you're yeah. just saying a bunch of words um, but you're not getting to the point yeah but it, like don't worry like we've got yeah now so that i'm on so the spot there so i'm having a little bit of trouble coming up with <laughs> yeah it's and it's funny though like they come up and like you're asked what's a saying and then throughout your like a week i'll be like oh that's a saying and then like, yes. i use it all the time and why didn't i remember it's it? so true <laughs> okay so we have some drive-in movies coming to thunder bay did you hear about that yeah that sounds neat i like that idea i see yeah 
Yeah, yeah I don't know why we haven't got rid of all of them. Surgeons. I understand why most of them went away, but I'm surprised there's not a, still a few kicking around. Yeah. Well, how long did Thunder Bay have one? Uh, I've only been here for a couple of years. I've never so seen one here, and I'm oh, 30, okay. 33, so. Yeah, it's before my time. So. It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. So the Walleye Magazine on Monday announced they have a partnership with Interstellar Outdoor Cinema. Yeah. And they are they are going to be introducing something in late June. And then supposedly the audio goes through the FM transmitter then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're wondering how they're going to do that. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not the expert, but I'm sure they know how to do it. And then there's uh, Thunder Bay, Border Cats, the parents' company, Grand Slam Sports and Entertainment. They are also jumping right on there because the baseball is scrapped for this season. Yeah, anyways. exactly. Capitalize on the unfortunate situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would go. I think this is right. actually quite nice. Yeah. I've never, I've never been. I'm looking forward to it. I'll check it out mm-hmm. for sure. I've always yeah, seen them in it's, old it's movies, foreign, right? right? But the idea is not that get your popcorn. weird. It's a pretty normal. No, but no, it's not, not even that old, really. Yeah, no, it's just modern movie theaters um, outbeat the idea. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's for odd, though, sure. I think it'd be cheaper to but maintain. I'm wondering if it's because they'd have to charge less. I wonder if the, the money they can make is still there. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. I see. Interesting. I mean, they both have their place, I guess. Sometimes you don't really want to sit in your vehicle for a couple hours, but other times I wouldn't mind it at all. Yeah. Yeah, I think this summer it's perfect to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to just have a, a variety of things we can do. I mean, aside from outdoor stuff, Fender Bay doesn't exactly have a ton of things to yes, do. Absolutely. I mean, we, got, we lost the golf dome, right? So unless you want to go to a movie or go bowling, yeah, there are some newer things popping up, like the axe throwing and stuff like that. But for the size mm-hmm. of our city, we should have a lot more stuff to do. I think. Okay, Brody, if you would want to go, or you could go to the moon for a day, and you would you would be in your spacesuit and be safe, but you can't bring anybody, and you spend a day there, or you would go to the bottom of the <laughs> sea for a day. Where would you go, and why? Oh, the sea, for sure. You would, because we know more about the moon than we do about the sea. So it's so true. It'd be a lot to explore, and who knows what kind of weird fish you'd see down there. Yeah, yeah, and I think we're only going to continue to learn more and more about space. But we're kind of limited by technology when it comes to well, we're limited by technology when it comes to space too. But until we can get a make a submarine that can go that deep, I mean, it might be a ways off before we can really get to the bottom. Mm. Yeah, I guess we've made it pretty. Or have we made yeah, it to the bottom yet? Periods, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but it, it takes it takes quite a while to right. get to the bottom. There and again, be. that's that's the bottom we've yeah. discovered, though, right? There could be there could be deeper. And well, even yeah, they the say something like ninety percent of the ocean species have not been discovered yet. Oh. Yeah, it's neat. Exactly. So, so do yeah. you, so do you think yeah. that big crack in in the um? That attacks pirate boats is real. Uh, it could, you know what? Could um, be. There's giant squid. There's, you have, yeah. 
Yes. Okay. There's actually colossal squid as well. Um, well, just look up megalodon. Like, there's tons of stories about the largest shark that ever lived, and even to this day, there's still stories of well, we're still finding sharks and giant squids. So yeah, I mean, the megalodon yeah. exists. Oh yeah. So could almost They've anything lived. else. That's the thing about the ocean is I don't think there's an end to what yeah. could exist. I think our imagination limits us more than anything. Yeah. Well, look at... I don't um, think so. Are you familiar no. with the bloop? I'm not. No, look that up. That's terrifying. So it's um, the oceanogic... I'm butchering it, but the ocean monitoring people have uh, like listening stations all around the world. And oh. they, they picked up a, a, a yes, noise from the bottom of Mariana's named, trench, famously named the Bloop. And uh, I can't, I'm not too sure where it's like from, voice? but yeah, it's somewhere around there. And they said, like, the, the well, it they had to slow it down, oh, and it sounds like a bloop, like bloop, but slowed down about I think 16 times that, so it, it goes over a longer period. And they say the animal, if it was. An actual animal, it would be enormous, really? like yeah, bigger than a blue whale. Me. I like the unknown. Yeah, oh, oh, that's yeah, all you. Seems kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, we're still yeah, stuck discovering no fish no the fishing. moon. The moon, but yeah. No. No. Yeah. No fishing. That's true. No, there's a uh, water bear, though. <laughs> that's something that I'll stick Good with one. fishing. I think. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, yeah. and I had one article I wanted to bring up today. Um, we had there's this underground radar they developed, and researchers use ground penetrating radar to map an entire uh, ancient Roman city. So this this city was occupied from 241 oh, BC cool. to about 780. and there was this guy, and he drove all summer on his ATV through the bush. <laughs> <laughs> with this radar attached. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a radar attached to him. So yeah, it was, was a one-man job. And then they pit, pat, uh, patch it all together and yeah. you can see everything. Really? Like there's a theater, there's a temple, baths, market, this shops. Is, this is this is what I love. Like when I was in high school, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, like you don't want to be an explorer because everything's been explored. It's like we are rediscovering landmarks and everything from our past every day like look at that satellite that can differentiate uh, figure out the difference of uh, the level and pinpoint where an ancient city used to be yeah. from a satellite from space like especially in places like the amazon and, and places like that that have you know they say so much of it has been unexplored in modern times yeah there's a jungle yeah yeah well even like look at the rainforest we know we know so we know yep. probably as New much species as we know discovered every the day that we do about the rainforest. It's unbelievable. It's such a diverse habitat or yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It I think I'm pretty sure it rains underneath the I trees. Think so, yeah. Because of how yeah. uh, that canopy works or whatever. Like it's so huge. Yeah, and the forest is growing so fast and that the um, the earth on the surface is really thin where mm -hmm. the all the nutritions are. That's why when you that's why when you take it away and you try to yeah, have yeah, a farm, yeah. it works maybe for a year or two and then right. it doesn't work anymore. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because all the plants and animals aren't being um, yeah. put through back to soil. It's a different kind of yeah. um, earth, I guess. Oh, it must be. I mean, look at the forest that grows, right? Yeah. No, it's you know. yeah. So true. So much life. Yeah. Did you have anything? Uh, sorry. No, I just said so much life in that forest. Yeah, predator. Very diverse. <laughs> 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 anyway uh, uh I, yeah man <laughs> this is visible man did you guys see the uh mm-hmm. design of the playstation no, 5 i haven't yet is that i think is so. that finalized yeah, there was a presentation today and truth? quick i think it just looks like well, a taco let's see here yeah. bringing it up right yeah. now it looks like a taco they released one that has no drive and one with an optical drive still and uh and it's all white, and then just oh. in the middle, it's black. Yeah, yeah it looks like it's, a PlayStation it's and just twisted it. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks pretty weird. Yeah, I was like, what is this? Looks like you're getting pretty close to an Xbox <laughs> controller, though. <sighs> really? Well, I mean, I think they've always like the never been a PlayStation guy. Ever, so, yeah. No, it was Nintendo 64 and then Xbox. I'm not a big gamer yeah. to begin with, but... Mm. yeah 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 no ever since i was actually just talking to my friends about call of duty dog uh no i play that. call of duty but i don't know what that mean is okay. no so when they released the xbox one their whole presentation was just confusing at best and they talked for hours about call of duty call of duty like, there's a video and it just goes call of duty call of duty call of duty and it just goes on and on and on Xbox, go home. Xbox, go to the store. <laughs> Xbox, Call of Duty, Call of Duty. <laughs> it's, it's, it's on and on and on. And then the way they were describing how to trade video games, like how to lend a video game I to a friend. They're trying to get me to do that, that and I'm like, no. Nope. sense. No nope. Yes. Yeah. And then the PlayStation guys came right right after them. I was like, here's how you can borrow a game. And he just literally handed me the cartridge. He's <laughs> like, thank you, buddy. <laughs> Out! It's like boom, like PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, PlayStation came out with shots fired. Like yeah, it's it's like they they won. So. One is a winner that year, and then the one is a winner the other well, year. I don't think video games would be what they are well, without that kind we'll of competition. Have to see. I mean, uh, they push each other, right? Yes. They didn't have. No, you're very true. Yeah, they yeah, were stagnant. I think if they didn't no, have to a, make it's something, a healthy new. competition. Yeah. Brody did. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Brody, did or, you ever try to do fishing up, yeah. in VR? In VR? No. No, I've never tried yeah. VR. Have you ever tried? Uh, I imagine it might be okay. pretty interesting. I don't know how they'd replicate the pull on the rod, but... Mm. Yeah, they've tried to make a ton of fishing video games of all sorts over the years, and it's a real tough thing to make a game about. Because it's... Uh, yeah, it's, you need the feeling, right? They say the work. fishing, you know, the old saying, the tug is the drug. If you don't have that fish pulling, you're not getting the, what you want out of fishing. So, okay. Yeah, if you want to see someone go crazy, give them a fishing rod and wait till they tug, <laughs> and then they just <laughs> the rods flying <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and then and then like the fish like leaves and. Okay. Oh, man. Logan, did you have any other topics? Yeah. The only thing I want to talk about real quick is that the um, 
in the 3D printing world, uh, Lago is okay. releasing their Saturn, um, which it's important to note because it's it's by far the cheapest and medium, the cheapest medium size uh, printer on the market right now. And it's also going to come with uh, what's called a monochrome screen. Uh, so it, it gets rid of all the any screen with a with the color like the red, blue, and green, um, which also increases print times to roughly two seconds per layer, which is about five times faster than anything wow. else of that size right now. So they're, they just closed off their pre-orders. Um, however, on the thirteenth, I believe they yeah, so they increased mm-hmm. it to two thousand units now which is their first run of the unit. Um, early bird is done, uh, but it's, I think it's like 700 bucks Canadian, uh, 700 to 800 bucks Canadian, which I've looked it up. Not too bad. They've got more affordable over time though, right? Oh, this thing's insane. Like it's making, in my mind, it's making such a big uh, splash in the water because the other thing is, is it's, I think it's called the frozen, there's a frozen one printer and it's, it's on a smaller end, like even smaller. Like I think I have a Mars and I think it's smaller. I think it's called the frozen mini. And that thing has a two case screen or a, a monochrome screen. So it has two second layer times, but it's uh, small, very small. Can you choose what kind of medium you print with or is it all one standard kind of plastic or how's that work? Uh, okay, so so for right now, what I know is that they have what's called a standard resin, and okay. they also make what's called an ABS-like resin. Um, there there is others. There's castable resin, which you can use to then right. print it, and then you mm-hmm. cast it with metals, say gold, silver, iron, or whatever you melted there. I've never used it. It's it's pretty expensive per bottle, but I usually stick to the standard, mm-hmm. or I'm I'm tempted to try the ABS-like. So. Um, I mean, different colors change. Yeah, it seems like it's uh, like so a lot more people that you got to look out for. Get into the three three D printing thing. I guess cost was pretty prohibitive in the beginning. Mm. Yes, yes. So, like the cheapest unit right now, uh, I believe, is the mini. That's the it, eh? Frozen mini. Oh. I believe it's the cheapest oh. unit. I think it's like two hundred forty five bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, but again, it's it's smaller. Um, <laughs> However, it does come with that sweet screen. So, um, but I got a Mars Pro. So, what's, is there a bucks. limit on to the so, size? I guess you have a certain workspace that the printer can work within, right? For dimensions, of what you want to build. That's right. Yeah. So, I'm not too sure right now, but it's 20 centimeters tall by 115 centimeters, and I believe. Uh, Longer than I thought it was throwing out numbers there, but I know those two first numbers are. It's it's not bad. It, it like I mainly print miniatures, um, so if you want to, yes, because you want more height, right? It becomes incredibly prohibitive. It's that you well height height not too much, but also like width and uh, width. And what's the other axis there? Whatever that I, is. Um, to actually the size of the biceps on this thing, so and like wings and stuff like that. So yeah, why are they calling them like planets? Oh, because the first one's Mars, right? So so Saturn is bigger because Saturn is bigger. 
Okay. So when are they going to release Jupiter? Correct. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's a good question. They probably could um, because there's another company yeah. called Panay. I'm butchering it, but it, they make the Phenom and the Phenom XL, which you can print. Um, the guy was explaining to me, you could put two two liter bottles wow. in the, the vat hmm. and it wouldn't even make wow. a dent. Hopefully they didn't have a Pluto like in the works. And... What's that? Supposedly yeah, exactly. it's not a planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a planet, planet like, <laughs> it's planet like. Because uh, yeah, because I think Neil deGrasse Tyson was saying that there's some meteors that size, and like, why are we classifying Pluto that size when we have see meteors those meteors before, size, so. or do we know they existed and too, just called it a planet anyway? Because if we found Pluto, we must have been able to find those meteors if they're bigger. You think? Well, see. To give you some context, we didn't know for a very long time that Jupiter had really eh? close to. It wasn't until they started measuring like the, the absence of light when the moons passed in front of the planet yeah. or something like that, where they were able to count them. Again, I'm not too sure. I think it, it, maybe Hubble helped in that regard, mm -hmm. like when we were able to get better telescopes up there. Or yeah, because I know there's a lot of cases where we know something's happen. out there because we can we know something's passing in front of a planet, but we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And then, the, yeah, then there's the other one where we can't see it, but we see the planet is right. being pulled by gravity. Yeah. So yeah, the then holes, yeah. that means something too. I I'm like a space expert too. here. I like that Neil deGrasse. And... <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, great on uh, Joe was. Rogan. He didn't, no, he didn't let he Joe speak. Had something to say, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's an easy guy to listen to, right? He doesn't make you feel yeah. stupid. Yeah. This is one thing I think. It's, yeah. No, he wants I mean, everyone. He has a good way of putting it into a perspective we can understand as well. Because like, it's really easy for scientists to talk above our heads because they're so smart. <laughs> well, he also. Yeah. Yeah. Or use yeah, the big exactly. words, right? Like the Latin and, <laughs> and all that. Okay, uh, we are a little bit over the hour, so I think we, I think yeah, we are going to cut this off now. <laughs> okay, uh, this is. Um, hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the, the show. Opportunity. Of course, uh, we will have you back in the studio once everything is right, we'll uh, get back you guys to normal. Fishing one of these days too. Well, yes. salmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe once we can be a little amazing. closer than two meters at that point, hopefully. Yeah. Now yeah, yeah. you you we can find you on nwooutdoors.ca. Instagram, yeah. Instagram, I have right? a Facebook page as well. Um, those are the three three main ones for sure. Instagram's the uh, yeah. was the birth of it, so that one does have the most uh, engagement at this point, but. The rest are coming up behind mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, certain people are on certain. It's just whatever too. platform you like. I think they all offer the opportunity to grow. So, whatever one you want to invest the time in, exactly. Or you I like try it. Them. Yeah, I will tell. Very true. I will take you all there in the episode, Perfect. and Thank then you. people can find you.
Okay. Uh, yeah, you guys. I wish everybody care, a good eh? night. Thanks again. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye, Brody. Bye, Logan.